What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. When sexologist Dr. Megan Stubbs joined me in the studio a couple of years ago, she told me that she had a pretty sex-positive upbringing. She was very curious about sexuality, spent a lot of time reading about the topic, and she became the go-to friend among her peers for anything sex-related. She joined me remotely recently, and apparently some things never change. I mean, I'm still that friend, (laughs) even though I'm old now. (laughs) I'm still that go-to friend, always trying to learn and listen. This time, I wanted to know about something she didn't learn about sex. What was something that surprised her along the way? I think it's the kind of like unspoken hierarchy there is in society of partnered sex being the like end-all be-all goal, almost making masturbation seem like a lesser activity or like for second-class people who can't get sex, get sex (laughs) elsewhere. And it's like, no, this can be just as great and sometimes maybe even better than having partnered sex. Megan was able to figure out solo play for herself while those messages lingered. I mean, it was just like a natural discovery of my own body and then figuring it out. But it was never like celebrated or in those like contexts of like learning about it. It was always like talking about build up to partnered sex. Here's what you do when you have sex with someone else. Here's how you put on a condom. Here's how not to get pregnant all things that require someone else, but it was never, ever a conversation of like, here's how you do sex by yourself. In her work today, Megan hears from many people who learned similar ideas, such as that masturbation is wrong or dirty and ended up putting self-pleasure on the back burner. Definitely there are still people who are contemporary with our age who are late discoverers to the wonderful, you know, acts of masturbation and self-love. And also, too, with some of the older people I work with that are like newly divorced and they've only known partnered sex to be the only sex available to them. So then they're discovering like, oh, whoa, I don't need to have a partner to have really great fulfilling sex. Really, it runs the gamut of all the ages. A company called Ella Paradis released a study at the end of last year that focused on sexual trends throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And it seems that lots of people have either discovered or further embraced solo play and sex toys while social distancing. Here are a few of their findings. 51% of people they surveyed said that they have masturbated more during COVID. Others have masturbated less. There was also a 10% increase in the use of sex toys. And 96% of people reported thinking about purchasing a sex toy during the pandemic And over 40% were considering gifting a toy to someone during the holidays. And nearly 90% said they would be delighted to receive such a gift. So let's say that you're fairly new to the world of sex toys. It can be a bit overwhelming figuring out what toy to choose, and it's easy to have a zillion questions. I asked Megan Stubbs to share thoughts on this related question I received from a listener. If women don't care about penis size, why are large dildos so prevalent? And she said it's because people like large dildos. <laughs> you don't know what they're doing with them. <laughs> yeah. They can just like them as, you know, sculptural pieces on the coffee table. <laughs> and also, too, it's not just women who are using dildos. So yeah. don't be sizist. <laughs> totally. And sometimes you're using just the tip anyway, right? Yeah. 
could be anything. You could be, you know, trying to deep throat that. We don't know what you're doing. And there are so many sizes of of toys too. I mean, you can find every size. Yeah. What, what do they say? Anything's a sex toy if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't stand by that phrase though, because some things are not sex toys. <laughs> yes. Because like our last conversation, don't put fruit in no, there. No fruit. Thanks. <laughs> Megan has a brand new book out, her first book that just released. It's called Playing Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. A review from Publishers Weekly said, Stubbs aims to puncture stereotypes about single people's lives, a subject of personal as well as professional interest. Megan is just as skilled at debunking myths about singlehood as she is about solo play. I asked her to share one of the biggest myths about being single. She said it's if you're a single person in your 30s. Hi, that's me. (laughs) There must be something wrong with you. Like, why aren't you snatched up? I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, how are you still single? I'd have at least enough money to get a latte at Starbucks. (laughs) Go to school, get married, get a house, have kids. Like, that's the progression of life. And so if you stalled, air quotes, and you're in your mid-30s and you're still single, it's like, what's wrong with you? No, I'm still happy, single, thriving, and just living my life right now. I mean, I do want to be in a relationship, not the right partners come along. And so until then, I'm going to be single. I'm not going to just jump into something that makes me unhappy just to be like, whew, in a relationship, check that box, because nothing is gained if I'm in a relationship with someone who I don't really like. And just like sex in general, sex while you're single can be awesome and fun and pleasurable and bring plenty of challenges. You're always meeting someone new. You don't know this person. You have to always be explaining yourself. And there's not that familiarity that comes with a long-term relationship, but that's with anything. So, I mean, that is a pitfall, but also like just part of the territory you have to negate. So it's like, you have to put yourself out there because no one's going to knock on your door and you'd be like, oh, this is it. This is the one. You have to be brave and go explore. All of that applies to sexual experiences and beyond. With new people, you often have to share your wants, your needs and preferences, and learn about whoever you're dating or having sex with in order to have positive experiences. If you're single for the first time in a long time, and you want to embrace and explore solo sex, more so or perhaps for the first time, Megan said it's not uncommon for vulnerable feelings to come up. So if you are just a single person, there's no one else in your life, and you've never really experienced pleasure with yourself, it can be like kind of scary and confronting to be like, I've just had partnered sex. That's one reason she talks a lot about the benefits of building pleasure in your own body and discovering areas you like to be touched and just really relishing in the fact that you are your own person. You can masturbate anytime. It's free. It's healthy. It's normal. And then if you do want to incorporate someone else, chances are the work you've done with yourself can translate to them really well because you can say, hey, I love when you blank my blank and they'll be like, sweet, cool. As opposed to you just kind of like bumbling and fumbling around to be like, hope you like this. My last three partners like this. And unless you're a mind reader, you don't know what your partner's like. (laughs) If you haven't been in a practice of masturbation and you would like to be, Megan suggested these first steps. Take time, block out some time in your bullet journal or your (laughs) Google calendar and really spend time getting in touch with yourself. And so setting yourself up in a comfy area, maybe lighting some candles, just, you know, keying in on all your senses to make you feel relaxed and as like comfortable as you can be. And then just slowly touch and explore yourself and discover again, no orgasm on the table. We know nipples are hot and clitoris is hot, 
but maybe it was something about, you know, a caress on your neck. Maybe that feels super nice. Or maybe like you like when your, you know, thighs are gripped, there's a lot of, you know, tissue down there. Really discover different sensations in your body and then definitely explore the hot spots. See how that feels. I love that. I feel like so often an easy thing to fall into is turning to masturbation when something turns us on. What are your thoughts on specifically setting aside time for that exploration and not being like, oh, I have to wait till I see this hot movie or I see this hot person or, or whatever? Yeah. I mean, you're in control of your life. You can decide like, hey, I know if I you know, see a hot movie, I'll be turned on. Go find that hot movie. Or go read some, you know, erotica or listen to some, you know, hot audio stories. Be purposeful in your actions because you can easily turn yourself on. You don't have to wait until you're at the grocery store and you're like, wow, that cashier is fine. <laughs> you can, you know, find anything you want with technology now. Now on to something that is definitely not a turn on super cringy, awkward dates. Although here's a tip, solo play can be an awesome way to de-stress or refresh after. I think most of us who have dated have had at least one not fun experience. Here is one of Megan's cringiest. I think it's a prime example of a date with someone who you are very mismatched with. You feel a lusty connection at first, but it turns out that you are not compatible at all. She was in grad school at the time and working at a well-known coffee shop. And we had a customer that would come in all the time because he worked down the street and he was super hot and we were like flirting, getting to know each other. And we were like, we should go get like sushi together. And I was like, great, sounds good. And it was summertime. So we were like, okay, we'll meet at this sushi place downtown and go from there. So date was at seven o'clock. It was a really casual restaurant. So I just wore like a sundress, drove downtown, parked in the parking ramp. And as I'm walking to the restaurant, I was like, oh, no, I forgot my phone. But it was like 6.50. And I was like, oh, he'll be there. Like, why would I need my cell phone? Famous last words. It's like, you know, prime time, dinner time, couples everywhere. And so I'm like, oh, the two, please. And so I sit down. They pour me water. I wait. And I wait. And I wait. And I wait. There are people staring at me at this table, the two top with two glasses of water, me just like casually sipping my water being like, what's going on? I don't know. I think I wait there for 20 minutes and I'm like, do I tip on water? I don't know. I just ran away. (laughs) I left. I get back to the car and of course I miss text messages and it's like, yo, yo, with like 80 O's after the Y. And I'm just like, this isn't good. I call him. And he's like, hey, yo, I'm at the spot. And he's like, we said this restaurant. And I was like, no one said that restaurant. Like, what? (laughs) And I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll meet you at the other sushi restaurant. So I drive there. And I'm just like, okay, it's fine. He's super hot. Like, it'll be okay. I get there. And he's like, hey, yo, I'm in the corner. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Everyone in the restaurant can hear you because you're screaming. And I wasn't expecting, you know, him to be in some kind of, like, suit and tie situation but he was in tearaway pants his running shoes because he ran there and a snapback hat and he's like i'm sorry we had a miscommunication about the spot and i'm like we didn't but okay whatever he's like you want to do a sake bomb and i'm like no absolutely not what is a sake bomb you have a pint of beer and then you put chopsticks on top and then you put a shot glass full of sake on top and then you bang the table 
until the shot glass falls into the pint of beer. I passed. He did not. And I ordered three sushi rolls. And he said, damn, you eat a lot. He did not. <laughs> one of the worst dates I've ever been on. Oh, my gosh. What did he say? I just look at him and I look at the server and she's like, what the fuck? He orders. And then we make, I don't know, really banal small talk. And I'm just like, I got to get out of here. Dinner comes. He does two more sake bombs. I'm hot right now just telling the story. And not in a good way, hot. Like, this is a bad, embarrassing hot. The day ended, and it was so awkward because friends were eating there, too. And they were like, hey, Megan. And I was like, hey. And they were like, oh, who's your friend? And I was like, oh, this is so-and-so. She's like, we're going to this bar afterwards. Like, do you want to come meet us? I said, no. No, we can't. And then I just didn't go on another date with him because I was like, he still came in to see me at the coffee shop. But I was just like, oh, my God, no. Like I said, such a mismatch. I feel like that guy could be a good fit for someone else, someone who's into sake bombs and doesn't mind loud spectacles during dinner. I also see him at a hippie-themed campfire or party for some reason. But that wow you eat a lot comment was definitely off base for anyone, especially to someone like Megan, who talks so much about size acceptance. Just no. If you have a cringeworthy date of your own, Megan shared this advice. You know, you just, not everything is great all the time. As long as everything was consensual, but the delivery wasn't great. You know, that happens. Are you willing to meet this person again and communicate about what happened last time? Do some like follow-up talk and maybe give them another chance. Or you can say like, I've washed my hands, no more, never again. So it just really depends. But don't feel like this will be forever. There's always another chance out there. To learn more from Dr. Megan Stubbs, purchase her book, Playing Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. Most anywhere books are sold. It's full of her expert advice and many more stories. She told me her biggest hope is that readers will go away from it feeling confident that you can have fulfilling happiness and a great life while single. While you're enjoying your solo sex times, do not forget to use a good lubricant. One awesome brand I recommend and have been enjoying personally lately is Promescent. I especially love their aloe-based lube. It has a wonderful texture, and as a bonus, it's good for your skin. Promescent is also known for their Climax Control Spray, which helps people with a penis last longer during penetration, whether they struggle with premature ejaculation or not. Learn more at delayspray.com and use the code AUGUST15OFF at checkout to save 15% on your first order, or click the link down in the show notes to save automatically. This week's listener question came from Janae, who wrote this. I got out of a long-term relationship just before the pandemic started and pretty much put my social life on hold through the last year plus. I took time to focus on getting my own life together, getting to know myself as me as a single person, and now I'm thinking about dating. The thought makes me very nervous, but also very excited. I'm wondering, well, many things, haha, but I will narrow it down. Here are my main questions. 
I'm fully vaccinated and don't want to date anyone who isn't. Is that something I should put on my profile? And would it be over the top or super rude to ask to see their vaccine card? I'm also not sure if I want something serious or just casual, but I do know I have missed sex. So I would like to hear any casual sex tips you might have for someone who is new to it. I'm so excited for you, Janae, and I love that you took time to really focus on yourself and taking best care and that you know what you want. That's so big. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. Janae, thanks so much for your question. And first, let me just start by saying I love when I hear that people are both excited and terrified, sort of coined as excite terrified, because it's absolutely true. We can have two very opposing emotions happening at the same time. So what I can say is feel it all, feel it fully, and ultimately let your intuition, gut, and most felt sense lead your way to your right next step. And so to your question, can you put that you're vaccinated on online dating apps and even ask about a potential date? My answer to that is a thousand percent yes, absolutely. This isn't just your sexual health and well-being. This is your global health and well-being. And so if you're immunocompromised and anybody out there listening, honestly, it's not even an option. It's non-negotiable. Asking and taking care of yourself, safety first. So I also want to say I love that you know casual sex is an option. And honestly, we don't meet people that we want to be in an intimate relationship with every day. When it comes to my top three casual sex tips, and you're going to hear, again, safety first. So number one, be prepared. The reality is I don't know and you don't know when that opportunity is going to present itself, that you're going to meet somebody with which, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I want to take advantage of this opportunity right now. When I say be prepared, have condoms, dental dams, lube, or anything else you might need and want for both your sexual health and pregnancy prevention. And number two, know your personal conditions for sex. So I always sort of say first and foremost, and obviously also non-negotiable, is that neither of you are under the impairing influences of drugs and or alcohol, and that you're feeling safe. And so, you know, what I can say about this is I don't know what your personal conditions are, but I just want you to make sure when you're in a casual encounter or an experience with somebody who's kind of a stranger to you, that you are aware and you make sure that your safety needs are being met. And number three, when it comes to casual sex, it's all about pleasure, both giving and receiving pleasure, full stop. So what I can say about this is do not go in with any expectation that this is going to lead to a call the next day or a future date or, you know, sometimes I have clients, they see themselves walking down the aisle with someone. So all I can say is casual sex is all about being in the moment, enjoying the moment, the pleasure of the moment, the potential of that moment without any future expectations. My last but not least is, of course, have fun. As always, would love to hear how it goes. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. I completely agree about being upfront about what your needs and desires are, including those safety and health needs. That's just one of the best ways to make sure you're meeting people who align well with your values and what you really need. For much more about casual sex, I really recommend going back to the episode featuring Ella Dawson from a few weeks ago. I love what she shared about making sure that you're having casual sex, quote unquote casual sex, with somebody who you care about and who cares about you. 
especially when you're new to casual sex, just knowing that there is some level of respect can go really, really far. For more girl boner fun, I would love to have you join me on Patreon. I share occasional bonus segments, occasional bonus episodes, and more extras. It's a wonderful way to not only be part of my girl boner community, but to support my work and mission. I'm working so hard to make Girl Boner my everything, as it already is in my heart as far as my work goes. But I have a lot of building to do and really want to build my team and support others as much as I can. To learn more, head to patreon.com forward slash girlboner. You can also support the show by leaving a rating and review. I read everyone. They're so meaningful. And letting your friends know about the show or your favorite episodes. Thank you so much for listening. And have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.